listeners, before we get to this episode of Problem Solvers, here is a word from our sponsor. This episode of Problem Solvers is being presented by State Farm. Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you are all alone, especially when things aren't going great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know that you are not alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you've worked so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And now, on with the show. From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. What makes you stand out? It may not be what you think. This is a challenging subject that I recently discussed with a 16-year-old entrepreneur. He was convinced that a particular part of his story was unique and worthy of coverage in Entrepreneur Magazine, but he didn't realize that his unique angle was actually very common. We make that mistake all the time. All of us, we do. Whether we're trying to get press coverage or relate to an audience or stand out in our jobs or create something people love or cut through the noise for any other reason, we often do not have a good idea about what it actually is that makes us stand out. What makes us unique? How are we not just like literally everything else? To identify what makes us special, we need to dig deeper not just into who we are and what we do, but into who we're trying to appeal to. That is why I asked the 16-year-old entrepreneur who pitched me if I could share our exchange in hopes of illuminating this problem for you and for everyone. And he agreed. So that is what I'm going to share on this episode of Problem Solvers. This is not an interview episode. This is me Uh, talking to you and reading some emails from a very ambitious 16-year-old who, although he is making a rookie mistake, is also making a mistake that we all make throughout our entire careers. I swear to you, as a guy who receives emails every day, all day from people who are trying to get attention and trying to stand out and trying to convince me why they are different from all of their competitors, I will tell you, very, very few people are good at this. (laughs) And I want to help. This episode, by the way, is built off of something that I originally wrote for my newsletter. If you do not subscribe, I suggest it. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Again, Jason Pfeiffer, that is J-A-S-O-N, F as in Frank, E-I, F as in Frank, E-R, Dot bulletin.com. That is where you will find a newsletter that is really all about helping you build a better future for yourself. And I dig into all sorts of things about how we can make ourselves smarter and more efficient and solve problems and become more adaptable and all that stuff. And this fits right in it. So this newsletter got quite a lot of great feedback when I sent it out about a month ago. And I just, uh, I wanted to make sure that you didn't miss it either. After the break, I'm going to tell you about this 16-year-old, and I'm going to share some of our back and forth, and then uh, we'll take it home with some discussion about how you might 
be able to think more creatively about what makes you stand out. I often say that there has never been a more powerful time to be an entrepreneur, and that is because we have never had as many tools and resources available to handle all the tedium of business so that a founder can just focus on making great things. And when I say that, I am often thinking of Shopify. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like you and me the resources once reserved for big businesses, customized for our needs, and with a great-looking online store that brings our ideas to life. Shopify powers millions of entrepreneurs from first sale to full scale. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience, and then access powerful tools to help you find customers, drive sales, and manage your day-to-day. Go to shopify.com slash problem solvers, that's all lowercase by the way, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash problem solvers right now, shopify.com slash problem solvers. All right, we're back. So let us start at the beginning and let me introduce you to Ben Cloud. Ben Cloud is the 16-year-old CEO and founder of Cloud's Coffee, which he described to me as, quote, all 100% organic, handpicked, and sustainably sourced, end quote. Ben emailed me in December, hoping to get coverage in Entrepreneur. He listed a few reasons why his story was worth covering, and the first was this. He wrote, quote, I started working on my business at the age of 15, end quote. And he also stressed that he launched the business during the pandemic. Now, let me be clear about this. His accomplishments are awesome. His early entry into entrepreneurship will serve him well for the rest of his life. I think what he is doing is great. He should be proud of it. His family should be proud of it. His customers should be proud of it. It's great. I'm not saying anything bad about any of this. But for reasons I'll explain soon, they just don't make for a story in entrepreneur. So here's what I replied to him. I said, hey, Ben, congratulations on starting a business at such a young age. I don't see a story here for us, but wishing you the best as you continue to build Cloud's Coffee. And then I hit send on that. And then I got a very long and persistent email from Ben. He replied with more information about himself, and he punctuated it with this. He wrote, quote, There is a huge opportunity to share my story and inspire your viewers. How many times do you hear of a 16-year-old that started his own business? End quote. And here's the thing. I receive literally hundreds of pitches a day, and I don't have time to engage with everyone. But because Ben is 16, I wanted to offer some guidance because what he wrote there, there's actually an answer to it that he may not want to hear, but that he should. And so here's what I wrote back. I wrote, quote, in the interests of being helpful, I'll give you a totally honest answer to your question. I hear from 16-year-olds who start businesses all the time. I get a similar email maybe once or twice a week. Same goes for a wide variety of entrepreneurs who highlight some demographic data that they think sets them apart, but is in fact pretty common. It's why I always advise entrepreneurs of every age, whatever you think makes you stand apart, put that to the side and dig deeper, end quote. So that's what I sent to him. And this is the reason that I am sharing this story with you too right now. Because Ben understandably assumed that his youth made him unique, and within his community, I am sure he is unique. But because I am the guy that everybody pitches their businesses to, I see a pattern that most people don't. And that pattern is important to know about because it extends far beyond age. This is not a teenager thing. It's an 
everyone thing. Adults routinely pitch me stuff that is nearly identical to what other people are doing, and they're talking about it in nearly identical ways. And they all, uh, they all think it's unique. They all think they're sounding totally unique. I also see people create or market products in ways that are completely undifferentiated and try to appeal to customers in ways that are not unique at all. And all of them need to take a step back and ask themselves that very, very important question. What really, really, really makes me stand out? Hell, I'll admit, I struggle with this question too. Again, that's why I think Ben is a great case study for this. He is young, sure, but he's also an entrepreneur trying to figure out which assets help him stand out. That's why I engaged with him. After I told Ben that I hear from teenage entrepreneurs all the time, he sent me three smart questions to examine the issue further. And here's where we get to the real meat of this issue and where I offer some context that I hope helped him and can help you think differently. So here are Ben's three questions. And before you hear any more, I just uh, I want to say I am being very straightforward with Ben here because I believe that entrepreneurs deserve straightforward information no matter their age. I mean, by this point, Ben and I had gone back and forth many times, and I could tell that he takes his business seriously and wants serious information. And again, he later gave me permission to share all of this with you. So again, the context. These questions that Ben sent to me were in response to me telling him that I hear from teenage entrepreneurs all the time and that youth alone is often not a distinction for coverage. So uh, Ben's questions are the following. Here, let's. I'm just going to go through them. There are three questions, and I'm also going to share my answers. Question number one from Ben. He wrote, quote, are those teenage entrepreneurs that reach out to you actually running a business, or is it some lemonade stand type startup where it's just messing around? Because I have filed my business as a corporation, have been able to scale real sales from real people, et cetera, end quote. That was Ben's question. And my answer, yes, they are. And I've heard from teenagers with sales in the millions. All right, that's it. That was it for that. We're going to get to a longer response in a second. (laughs) Uh, But uh, let's get to the second question. Question number two, quote, do they have an actual product or service that sets them apart? It's arguable that I'm no different because I sell coffee. There are tons of coffee businesses, but I'm working on reinventing the coffee market as a whole. I sell specialty grade coffee. It's all 100% organic, handpicked, sustainably sourced, et cetera, et cetera. I also ship my coffee out the same day it's roasted. It's a completely different product than traditional Starbucks or Dunkin'. And uh, end quote. So uh, here's my response to that. I wrote, Yes, most of the teenage entrepreneurs I hear from, like you, are operating in crowded marketplaces and have a niche distinction. Sometimes it's a particular customer base they're serving. Sometimes it's a differentiation of the product. For example, I've heard from teenagers in apparel, food slash product delivery, and a wide variety of food products. End quote. All right, and now here's the big one. Ben asks, third question, quote, do they have a story behind their motivation? I never really shared this because I don't think that it was necessary, but in middle school, I was the typical bad kid. I had failing grades, was hanging out with the wrong people, et cetera, et cetera. I got kicked out of public school and attended a private school for eighth to ninth grade. I turned myself around and was able to create something great, end quote. All right, now here's my answer. Yes, they all have compelling personal stories. At this point, I don't think it's lost on anyone that a brand must have a story and young people in particular lean heavily into that. And now, uh, stepping out of the letter here, you know, as I was responding to Ben, I was thinking, let me give him the big picture so that he sees this isn't just a question about him and his pitch. This is really about a foundational understanding of the thing that he's engaging with right now, which is media. So I write, quote, media does not operate like a reward system, and it is not determining who's worthy of coverage or not. 
Instead, each publication is serving a specific audience and is looking for things in the world that will help serve that mission. In the case of Entrepreneur, our jobs here are to gather insights that tactically serve a wide range of entrepreneurs. Here, for example, is a response to pitch inquiries that I share so often, I literally just copy and paste it from a sticky note on my desktop. It goes like this, quote, I never care about what a company does, what its products are, who its founders are, or what its success metrics are. We're really driven by specific insights about counterintuitive decisions that entrepreneurs made to solve problems inside of their business, which are relatable to people in a broad range of industries. End quote. That's the sticky note, but I'm continuing to write to Ben here. So here's the rest of the message. The mission of entrepreneur, I write to him, in other words, isn't to cover entrepreneurs. It is to serve entrepreneurs. And the honest truth is that not everyone's story actively contains insights that are valuable to others. Sometimes they just haven't reached that point in their journey yet. This is also why I'm never interested in what companies say they're trying to do in the way that you said, quote, I'm working on reinventing the coffee market as a whole. I am interested in tactics that are proven out so that other entrepreneurs can learn from them. That means I generally want to look backwards at what somebody has already done to grow their business rather than forwards at what somebody aspires to do. But that's just entrepreneur. And also, frankly, it's just me. If you spend long enough on our site, you might indeed find some random story of some other teenager and their business. Why was that written? Probably because the individual writer happened to find it interesting and suspected some percentage of readers would too. That is also the nature of a media business. It is staffed by individuals who have a lot of autonomy. But you're pitching the editor-in-chief, and I filter everything through the overall mission of the brand. Other publications have different missions, and it seems like you've gotten some local press, which makes a ton of sense. The mission of a local publication is to give its readership a sense of what's happening in their community, and a story like yours fits well into that mission. So here's the most important thing that you wrote to me. You, again, Ben, writing to me. Quote, this is what he wrote. He quote, quote, I am only working on doing everything possible to grow my brand, end quote. That was from another part of the email that I guess I, I didn't actually cite above. Anyway, I, I write to him, as you should, but you should know that getting press is not generally transformative and is often a pretty inefficient way to grow a business. Very visible stories can lead to a brief spike in business, but real growth happens through community and brand building. My best advice to you is to spend less energy chasing press and put that energy towards more direct engagement with current and future customers. That'll pay off in the long run so much more than any individual piece of press will. Good luck. So that was the end of the email. That's what I wrote, Ben. And what's the lesson in all of this? Well, first, do what Ben did. Ask good questions and then ask follow-up questions. That was awesome. But also, ask good questions of yourself. Then ask follow-up questions of yourself. What makes me stand out is a really good question to ask, but it must be followed up with, does that really make me stand out? What if it doesn't? Or what if it doesn't resonate with the audience I'm trying to reach? The first answer is often not the best answer. Anyway, thanks again to Ben for his good questions. And, you know, if you're looking for a new coffee brand, again, his coffee is called Clouds Coffee. All right, we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, I'm going to share some more thoughts on this subject. That was the uh, end of the newsletter, as people have heard it. So now it's just you and me. Here we go. 
No one succeeds alone. Even the best entrepreneurs know when it's time to bring in an outside expert. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. You can check work samples, client reviews, and more to make sure you're hiring the right pro for your business, and there's no cost until you hire. Plus, you only pay for work you approve. Whether you're looking to hire a single pro for a project or an entire team to scale your business, Upwork can help you reach your goals. And however you hire, Upwork is available to help you keep things running smoothly with 24-7 support, letting you stay focused on what matters, your business. Find the right talent for whatever your business needs at Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at www.upwork.com. All right, we're back. So here's the thing about this. You might be asking yourself, well, I, I, you know, how do I figure that out? How do I figure out what makes me stand out? And there's a nuance that I want to add that I didn't get into in the newsletter, and it is this. The thing that makes you stand out may be different depending on the audience you're trying to reach. So the thing that might make a brand stand out to me based on the things that I'm interested in covering, based on the mission for entrepreneur could be very different from the thing that's going to make a brand stand out when they're pitching some other brand. And this is really important to remember. I mean, you know, the, the problem I think that often happens is that when we are pitching ourselves in any capacity, this really is, I want to stress so much that this is not a media-specific thing. This isn't anything thing. This is pitching customers. This is pitching investors. This is pitching partners. This is standing out in a market. This is, this, is, this is marketing. This is advertising. This is everything that we got to think, well, what is it that makes me stand out to the people that I am trying to reach? How can I build an understanding of them into the differentiation that I am offering so that an ad for one audience looks totally separate from an ad for another audience. And an email you send about your business to one partner is totally different from the other. That's the only way to do this. For entrepreneur, you know, like I had written in that email to Ben, our mission is to serve other entrepreneurs. I'm looking for those counterintuitive decisions that entrepreneurs made to solve problems inside of their business, which are relatable to people in a broad range of industries. I'm just reading again from my little note that I always send people. And that means that sometimes the best thing that somebody could do is reach out and tell me about some random thing that they're doing in their business that's, that's kind of unique and interesting and that may not be core to their business, it's not the sales pitch that they make to their customers. I remember once I got an email. This is years and years ago. It was like in the first year of Problem Solvers. I got an email. The subject line was simply watches. <laughs> that was it, just watches. And it was from the founder of a watch company called Crown and Caliber about how he had struggled in his business to focus he was saying yes to too many things. And so he brought in a COO who has had a background as a drill sergeant. And then uh, this uh, drill sergeant CEO just kind of drilled into him that you need to say no to many things. And how they, they actually wrote everything that they do on a whiteboard and then went through the list and crossed off a ton of them. We're not doing this anymore. We're not doing this anymore. We're not doing this anymore. And I loved that. That was great. I did an episode on it. You can rewind years worth of uh, problem solvers and find that episode. I really love that because that was so perfect for what I'm trying to do with this show. That displayed a real knowledge of how I tell stories. You know, had he reached out and just told me about the watches that they sell, even if they're great watches, even if they're somehow 
differentiated in the marketplace by some sort of hyper-specific way that I don't understand because I don't pay attention to watches. That wouldn't have mattered to me because that's not the thing that I'm trying to do. But by understanding that I needed something different, by understanding the audience that they were trying to reach out to, which was me, that guy got on this show. And that's the way you got to do it, right? That pitch to me is totally different than the pitch to the crown and caliber consumer. Crown and caliber consumer probably does not care about the drill sergeant COO. That is going to be a pitch about watches, about prices, about quality, about, I don't know, something else. But that is what we're talking about here. It's got to be super differentiated. And again, the answer may not always be there. And that's okay, because that doesn't mean that just because you can't land one partner or one investor or one media company or one customer doesn't mean that you can't land others, that you don't have value. And that, that's why I had written to Ben in that part, I, I wrote that media doesn't operate like a reward system. I think people often think that when somebody says yes or no to them, that they're making a judgment on their value as a whole, that just because I don't want to cover somebody or because an investor says no, that we're saying, this is crap. This isn't interesting. This doesn't deserve my attention. That's not it. Everybody is fulfilling some specific mission and some specific purpose. And the thing that you're pitching just may or may not fit that. I mean, you hear it on Shark Tank all the time, right? I mean, I love these kinds of moments where the sharks are going to say, look, what you're doing is amazing. I believe in you. I think this company is going to do really well. It's just not for me. It doesn't fulfill what I do. And um, that's that can be hard to hear, right? But it doesn't mean that it's a bad idea. Just in the way that if I turn somebody down, it doesn't mean that I'm saying you have nothing to offer. You have plenty to offer, but you have not distinguished yourself in a way that is useful to me. And that is what matters. So again, please step back, ask yourself, what really makes me stand out? And then ask it again. Does that really make me stand out? What if it doesn't? What else? What else do I have? You have to have the answer to that. All right. That is my rant. Again, this all started with my newsletter, which you can sign up for at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.